Uh, my name's Ben. I'm one of the pastors here. And this beautiful lady that was here just a few moments ago is Heather. And so uh, we have been here now four years as, uh, as your pastors. Time flies when you're having fun. Time flies when you're having fun. Um, all the dads this morning, Heather already said uh, a real blessing over you, but I thought it'd be really cool if we had all the dads stand up. And uh, we want to pray for you this morning as we begin. Let's have all the dads in the house stand up. And, and spiritual dads as well. If you, if you are influencing someone's life, and you, you, you go ahead and stand as well. And we just want to uh, just maybe put, a, put your hands on somebody. Everybody stand up beside them as well and, and uh, just reach out a hand and uh, just place it on the dad's shoulder in front of you, his big, strong, muscular shoulders. <laughs> and just love on him and uh, just take a moment. Let's just pray for these dads this morning. And, and Father, we thank you, Lord, this morning for these fathers uh, in the faith, these fathers in the house that represent uh, God, you in so many ways in all of our lives. And God, we just bless them today. We pray, Father, you would strengthen the men of First Assembly. We pray you would strengthen the dads today, Father, that they would be encouraged, Lord, that you would give them the wisdom that they need, Lord, to, uh, to walk out, Lord, in step with your spirit. We pray your favor and your blessing would rest upon them fresh today, God, in a new way. Give them encouragement and may their sports teams always win in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. Awesome, dads. Uh, anyway, what a great day to be in the house. I love Father's Day. Uh, I'm a dad. I'm so blessed. And uh, uh, I have a great dad. But Father's Day, they say, is a lot like Mother's Day. I heard somebody say, Father's Day is a lot like Mother's Day, except the gifts cost less. I think... <laughs> I... I I don't know if that's true. I don't know, dads. Um, hopefully, you'll get some gifts today, and, and, and you'll be a little bit spoiled. Uh, you'll eat some meat, right? Come on, man. How many are with me? It's meat. I think being a vegetarian or a vegan is anti-biblical, actually. <laughs> Just read the book of Acts. Peter saw a sheep. He saw pigs and bacon and all kinds of animals coming out of heaven, and God said, look, good. Eat it. Barbecue it. And I say yes and amen to the meat. Um, I, I heard a story of, a, of an old man who was out fishing on Father's Day. And this, this old man was out and cast his rod into the water. And he heard this, this voice say, pick me up, pick me up. And he kind of looked around. He thought, that's kind of strange. So he kept fishing. And he heard it again, pick me up, pick me up. And he looked down. And he saw a frog on a lily pad just right beside his boat. And he looked at it. That's strange. And Frog said, pick me up, pick me up. He said, if you pick me up and kiss me on the lips, he said, I'll become a beautiful princess and we can live happily ever after. So the man kind of looked, thought about it for a minute. Oh, this is kind of strange. Picks up the frog and puts it in his pocket. He keeps on fishing. Five or ten minutes go by. The frog's like, hey, buddy, didn't you hear what I said? And he kind of looks at the frog. He says, I said, pick me up, kiss me on the lips, and I'll become a beautiful princess and we can live happily ever after. And the Man thought about it for a minute, and he thought, well, he said, well, really, he said to the frog, he said, at my age, he says, I'm more into having a, a talking frog as a pet. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's how his Father's Day <laughs> tur turned out. Oh, wow. Anyway, that has nothing to do with my sermon. <laughs> 
morning on this Father's Day, though, I want us to uh, come around the idea of how much our Father, our Heavenly Father, loves us. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. It says, see how very much our Father loves us. For He calls us His children. How many know that to be true, that you're a child of God? We were singing about that earlier. And so I want to take this opportunity today to, to focus on our, our Heavenly Father uh, and, and what it means to know God as Father. And if you're uh, jotting notes down today for a title, you can just write down, A Father Who Loves Me. A Father Who Loves Me. I remember coming home from the hospital. As I mentioned, I'm a dad and um, we have four beautiful girls that God's blessed us with. But just that sense of... Um, Man, am I going to be able to do this okay? And if you're a dad, you might be able to kind of identify with me, just that feeling of, wow, now I have this responsibility for somebody else, um, and am I going to be able to do this? What does it mean to be a good dad? What does it mean to love my kids? How does that work? And, and Heather mentioned there's a lot of things that happen on Father's Day. Uh, there's a lot of emotion in the room, similar to Mother's Day, because we think about our dads, and a lot of us are here celebrating our dads, and that's great, and Others, maybe we miss our dads today because they're not with us anymore. Or maybe there's others that just have some painful memories of what it, it means when you think about home or maybe your home life, your upbringing, your dad was absent. Um, but, you know, my dad was, was such a blessing in my life and still is. Uh, he's, he's my hero in so many ways and, and uh, I, I love him so much. But, you know, he, I believe, when I was a dad thinking about how do I raise my kids, I used to look at kind of my dad's example, and I thought, well, what did he do? And he told me that he, he loved me a lot. But, you know, the thing that made the really big difference for me is that my dad showed me uh, that he loved me. Um, he, he not only told me, but his actions showed me how much he loved me. I remember one time I, was, uh, I played soccer, um, World Cup. Woo! Um, I, played, I played soccer when I was a kid uh, for many years. And uh, I was a pretty good athlete, you could probably tell just by my physique. Um, <laughs> but uh, I had an opportunity to, 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 to kick um, you know, a, you know, a field goal, a penalty kick, rather. And, um, and so the whole team, it was like the winning point. I could have won the, the game, I could have won the tournament for, for the team. And, and it was me and the soccer ball and a goalie, and everybody's like, are you going to get the goal? Because if you get the goal, we win. And, and I went to kick the ball, and I, I missed the net, like really bad missed the net. I felt like the biggest loser in the world. I remember my dad just came up to me and put his arm around me, and he said, hey, man, it's going to be okay. And you know, he encouraged me, and, and that's what dads do. They, they encourage, they pick you up when you make mistakes. They, uh, they walk with you, they help you. You know, the thing that he did to me that I remember, I don't remember so much kind of what he said to me, but I remember that for the rest of that week, almost every night after school, he'd say, come on, let's go out to the soccer field. And he said, I'll tell you what, if you keep practicing, you're going to be able to get that field goal. And we went out to the soccer field, and we just we played together, and, and he would stand in net, and I would kick the, kick the ball. And, you know, I, I improved. And it was my dad just taking time with me. It wasn't just what he said. It was... His action, it was uh, his father's heart being demonstrated um, 
Because how many know that actions speak louder than words? And, and, and it was his action. God is a God of action. Um, God is a father of action. The psalmist says it like this, that he's a father to the fatherless, defender of widows. This is God whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. I want you to see in this scripture the amount of action that is in the heart of God. He's a father to the fatherless. That's an active thing. That's, an, that, that's not a passive dad. That's an active dad saying, you don't got a dad, I'm going to be your father. And, and he's, he's a God who places, or rather, sorry, he's a God who defends the widows. That's an action picture of our God. He's, a, he's not passive with the widows. He's like, you, you're a widow, you're a single mom, you have, you have problems, I'm, I'm defending you. I'm on your side. I'm standing with you. It's a God of action, a father of action. God places the lonely in families. That's him organizing. I see God placing and organizing. That's one of the beautiful things about being part of the church, isn't it? That we're a family. And God places the lonely in families. And, and, and he's, a, he's a father that follows through with action. And he sets the prisoners free. He gives them joy. These are all things that God is actively doing in our lives. This is a picture of his, his heart of a father, a heart of action. And you have a father who loves you. And, and this is what I want us to come around today is, is to just be reminded again that our God is a father who loves us, that, that sent his only son, Jesus. He took action on your behalf and on my behalf, that while we were still lost in our sin, the Bible says that we were objects of wrath far away from God, but God loved us that he gave his son, Jesus. He's a giver. He's a God who follows through. I think that one of the most powerful things, dads, that we can be for our family is we can be a dad of action, that we're not just a dad that says things or intends to do things, but that we follow through with our kids, with our spouse, with our employer, with every relationship that we have. And part of acting is being a leader in your home. And part of, uh, uh, of showing your love to your family is, is stepping out and, and being the one that, that can demonstrate love, not just by words, but by action. One of the most beautiful pictures of of the Father heart of God is in the Gospels. It's in Luke 15. Jesus tells the story of the prodigal son. In this chapter, there's three parables that he tells. as one parable, but it's the lost sheep, the lost coin, and then the lost son or the prodigal son. And many of us would be familiar with this story. It's the story of the, the boy who says to his dad one day, he says, I, I want my share of the inheritance. And so he takes his share of the inheritance, he takes all the, the money that was represented with that, and he goes off, and, and he goes to Las Vegas, and he, he spends his money on all the things that you spend money on in Las Vegas, gambling and wild living and prostitutes, and he just, he completely blows his father's inheritance, 
and this son is so rebellious, but the beautiful part of the story is that at some point in that place of rebellion, it says that he comes to his senses and he says, what am I doing? I, man, I, it feels like I've been enjoying myself, but man, it just, it's not that fun anymore. And you know, the Bible says that sin does have pleasure. There's pleasure to sin, but sin lasts for a season. There comes a point when we live our lives in rebellion to God and to his ways um, when we live our lives in, in a way that is not honoring God, for a while it's almost kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of getting away with this. It's not bad. Like, but we come to that place ultimately every time where we find ourselves like this prodigal son uh, hanging out with a bunch of pigs. And he says that in this parable that he's looking at the food that the pigs are eating and he's saying to himself, this, this is a lot better. Uh, there's a lot better food for my father's servants at home than there is this food that I have right here. And it says he comes to his senses and he decides uh, to go home. And the prodigal, the word prodigal, it means reckless or it's a picture of somebody spending recklessly. And I want to kind of submit to you today that we're going to look at the son, but I want us to look at the father and see that the father is also prodigal. And what I mean by that is the son was reckless with, with wasting his father's wealth, but the father was reckless with showing his love to his son. As Timothy Keller wrote the book, The Prodigal God, he says that our God, our father, is a prodigal God because he is wasteful with his love towards you and me. And he shows it with his action. And so let's look at this in Luke 15. You can follow there or read along the, on the screens. It says, so he came to his senses, and he, so he returned home to his father, this prodigal son. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. And filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. And his son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf that we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. Watch this. For this son of mine was dead, and now he's returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. So the party began. He's a father with, a, with a, a lavish and reckless heart for you and me. And I want us to see just in this passage this morning, here's the kind of action-orientated, reckless love that our father has for us. The first thing is he's a father who sees. It says that when he was a long way off, he, he saw he saw his son. And you may be here today and maybe there's places in your heart or your life and you feel there's a distance between you and God. Maybe you feel like you've done some things that you're shameful of. And you're thinking about, well, man, a lot of these other people, you know, and you, it's not wise to compare, but we do. And we go, man, like a lot of people got stuff together. And, and sometimes maybe men and dads who are here this morning, 
Maybe sometimes you don't really like coming to church because you go, well, I just kind of feel like I don't fit there or belong there because of the kind of week that I've had, the kind of decisions I've made, the kind of things that have come out of my mouth, the kind of things that have entered my mind, and we feel shame and we feel guilt. But this story reminds us that the Father sees us even when we're a long way off. He sees us. And not only does the Father see us, He's actually actively looking for us. He is actually looking. I, I, I see the picture of this father, this, this father with a heart that was, he knew his son was away. He knew his son was in rebellion, but every day coming out to his porch and, and standing there and looking down the road and, 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 and looking to see that perhaps maybe one day my son is going to come home. But today the father sees you wherever you are. You may not even consider yourself a follower of Christ, or you may consider yourself maybe someone who used to follow Jesus, but you've maybe convinced yourself or you've believed lies in your own mind about the fact that you're not good enough, that you've done too many rotten and dirty things, and you've maybe written yourself off. Can I remind you this morning that even if you've written yourself off, the Father has not written you off. That there is still grace for you. There is still a chance for you. And not only is there a chance, there's an intention that the Father is looking at you today. He's saying, come home. You can come home today. Some of you need to come home today. I'm going to pray at the end of the service, but I'm going to give you an opportunity if you're here and you're away from God. But He sees you where you are while He was still a long way off. The second thing is the, the Father... His heart, he pursues you and me. He's a father that pursues us. So not only is God looking and seeing, but he actually, it says that he ran to his son. That's action. That's more than words. That's action speaking louder than words. It says when he saw his son, he just began to run. Could you just imagine the scene, the son, he, he, he comes to his senses, he's, he's walking, just what's going through the son's mind? I don't even know if my dad would even accept me. My dad's probably so mad at me. My dad's probably so broken, so hurt, he probably never wants to talk to me again. I don't even know what's going to happen. But when his dad sees his son, all of a sudden his son looks up and he sees his dad and, and he's running at him. I wonder for a moment if the son thought, my dad's going to come and hit me in the head. He's so mad at me. And some of you today, you need to change your thinking because the enemy's convinced you that God is mad at you. And that when God pursue, is pursuing you, well, you think about, well, maybe, God, maybe I'm in trouble. But my friends, this pursuit is a pursuit of love. This is reckless love. This is prodigal. This is a prodigal heart of a father that says, I am recklessly running to you. I am leaving everything that I'm doing right here. And I'm focusing 100% on you today and running to you and embracing you. And this is what happens. He's pursuing you and me. He's a pursuer. And this is what happens then. He... He, he embraces him and he loves him because he's a father who forgives. His son said to him, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. I'm no longer worthy. And, and his father forgives him. He, he comes to a place of repentance. He says, Father, I've sinned against you. And this is, this is the starting place of forgiveness. Where we come to God and we say, Lord, here's some things I've done in my life and I'm not proud of them and I, I submit them again to you. And, and in this son's heart, he was acknowledging his need for the Father. But when you come to God, he forgives you. 
The Bible says that for by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not of yourself. You can't save yourself. It's a gift of God. And he's a father who has put action to his forgiveness. That Jesus died on the cross. He stretched out his arms, died on the cross for you and for me. This is the gospel. That we were broken and lost in our sin. Jesus loved us so much. And, and here's the thing. Jesus came to show us the Father. So when Jesus died on the cross, it wasn't just, it wasn't just God saying, well, Jesus, can you do that for me as an example? It was actually Jesus himself hanging in our place, taking on our sin, our shame. It's what you and I should have received, that punishment, that separation. But Jesus said, I'm going to take your place I'm going to die for your sin. And he forgives you and me. And he showed us in action by going to the cross. And then he's a father whose actions speak louder than words. It says, his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get the ring, get the robe, get the barbecue ready. Can you imagine just the, the, the sense of celebration this father had in his heart? He said, listen, son, here's the thing, I forgive you. And it says that he embraced him and he kissed him. And if you look in the original language, what that means is he kept on embracing him. He kept on kissing him. All right, and some of you guys are like, I don't know if my dad, I want my dad to kiss me much, maybe on the cheek. But in this culture, it was cool, all right? This is what they did. But the dad's just like kissing the, the son and he's hugging the son. He's just, he's embracing him. He's showing him his love. And not only does he show him his love just by hugging and kissing him, he says, listen, I, I want you to go get the best robe. I, I want you to go get the, the finest clothing that we have. And, and this is for my son. I want you to get the ring. And I want you to get sandals for his feet. I, 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 want, I want my son. My son, he, he, he needs to shave. He needs a shower. He looks like and smells like pigs. He's been eating. He's got pig slop on his beard. But this, go get a shower for son. But then you're going to get the robe. You're going to get the ring. You're going to get the sandals. And not only that, we're going to get the barbecue going. We're, we're going we're gonna to kill that fatted calf. We're going to have steaks. We're going to have burgers. We're, we're going to have hot dogs. We're, we're going to have a party. Because my son has come home. This is a picture of a father who's taking action. Can I just remind you and me this morning on this Father's Day that we have a father who loves us. We have a father who, who, whose heart, he just, when he sees you and me, he just, he, he loves us. And here's the thing, if we can get a revelation I know we sing it, we sang it earlier, I'm a child of God. I think we need to keep singing it because the more you and I get a revelation that we have a father who loves us, the more freedom, the more joy. You know, sometimes we try so hard to follow God and to serve him and never make a mistake and try to live a holy life and we're missing it. Because if we try to do it on our own strength, we're always going to fail. But if we begin to get a revelation of how much, how much God loves me, how, how much he, he sacrificed for me, you see, then we live our lives in a response to his love. That's why there's freedom 
in being a Christian. It's not about rules and do's and don'ts and God forgives you when you fall and you make mistakes, and we all do. But the reason why God calls us to holiness, it's not that we would tick off a box and do all these religious duties to please him. He's already pleased with you and me. He already loves us. And so our lives are a response to his love. That's why we pray. That's why we read our Bible. That's why we spend time with him. That's why we, we watch what we say. That's why we, we try to live a life that, that honors and, and, and respects other people. And this is why we li- live a life of peace and kindness. And, and, and this is why we do the things that are in the Bible. It's not like I'm going to do all these things and maybe God will like me and accept me. If we're thinking that way, we've missed the gospel. What the gospel is, is God loves me, accepts me, died for me, and showed me, saw me, ran to me, pursued me, forgave me, hugged me, kissed me, provided for me, elevated me, gave me more than anything I ever deserved, more than anything I could ever earn, and he loves me, and he celebrates me, and and he's made me unique, and see, God is celebrating you and me today. He celebrates us. He loves us. We were broken. We were were outside of a family. He brought us into his family. He said, I'm not going to let you be an orphan. I'm not going to let you be out there. I'm going to bring you into my heart. I'm going to bring you into my family. I'm going to celebrate you and from that place of family and that place of celebration we live our lives for him and we live a life of freedom and we live a life of blessing and we live a life of provision and we and we say god i want i want to serve you and everything he has is ours and there was an older brother in the store and he was mad he said dad what's the deal how come you're doing a barbecue for my brother he's such a rebel and the father looks at the older brother and goes, you don't get it. Like, everything I have is yours. You just, you just don't think it is. You're just trying to tick off rules and regulations. You're trying to do everything right. And all of us, in our hearts, are rebels like the younger brother, and we are religious like the older brother. And the remedy for both is understanding that we have a father who loves us. Because religion will drive you to hell. And rebellion will drive you to hell. But love will drive you to his heart. And you'll get a revelation of how much he loves us. I saw this, this video this week, and I, I want to show it to you. you. You may have seen it. It's, it's from, uh, well, you, yeah, you'll see it. You'll see it. But it's this, this father, Michael Ketterer. He has six kids. And you may have seen this on TV the last couple weeks or whatever. He's a dad who's, who's adopted some foster kids. And what I want you to see is I want you to see, when I watched this, I could not help but see a father of action and a father of authenticity and a father who was singing a love song over his kids. And I want, you, I want you to see this video and think about the fact that you have a father who loves you. Hello. Hello, hello. How are you? Nervous. <laughs> it's okay. And what's your name, please? My name is Michael Ketterer. Where are you from? 
I'm originally from East Tennessee, but right now I live in Orange County. And tell me a bit about you. What do you do for a living? I'm a pediatric mental health nurse. Okay. And what are you going to be doing for us? Are you a singer? Yes, sir. So this is kind of a different direction, you coming on a show like this, Michael. So tell me what the thought process was. What's what's the ambition, the dream here? Well, um, my family's my reason why I'm here. My wife and my six children. Six Six. children. (laughs) You know, uh, one of the things that happens, especially because my children came out of foster care, when you're surviving, you can't dream. And that has been one of the most rewarding things is providing them with a home and a safe environment where they're free to dream. That's nice. And so I'm here because I want to show them that if their dad can live out his dreams, then nothing's impossible for them. Good for you. Okay, Michael, well, listen, we're all rooting for you. Thank you. singers on these shows is it about being technical or is it about being relevant and sometimes for me it's just about being real and a surprise if I'm being honest with you because you were so nervous 
I was concerned for you. But I think sometimes actions speak louder than words. stand with me this morning. Actions speak louder than words. Friends, that's God's heart for you and me today. His actions speak louder than words. You have a father who loves you. He's adopted you into his family. By grace, you've been saved. This morning, I just ask you to close your eyes and bow your head for a moment and looking around this room today. If you're here today, today's your day to receive Jesus, his love, his forgiveness. Today you're here and you say, remember me, I want to surrender my life to Christ. I want to receive this love of the Father. And so you're not a follower of Jesus, but you would like to become a Christian today. Or you're maybe away from God maybe some of you here today and I want to give you an opportunity. I'm going to pray with you in a moment. As you're just praying and your heads are bowed and, bowed and eyes are closed, just, just say, Pastor, would you remember me and pray for me today? Just by slipping up your hand, you're just going to say, just remember me. I, I'm, I'm saying yes to Jesus today. Yeah, I see somebody. Yeah, I see some people upstairs. That's awesome. Is there anybody else just saying, I'm, I'm not right with God, but I, I want to be right with God. Yeah, I see that hand. God sees your hand. Several people just raising their hand today saying, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to receive his love. Because Christianity is a response. It's not rules. It's not regulations. It's not ticking off religious duties. It's a response to his love, to a father who loves us. So, Father, you see these hands that are raised today. And, church, could you just pray with me? Let's pray together and help these friends. And pray this from your heart today. And you can know that you're saved, that you're going to heaven. Why don't we pray together? Are you ready? Father, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you sent Jesus to die on the cross, to forgive me of all my sin. Today I receive the gift of your salvation. Come into my life, Jesus. Make me a brand new person. Today I've become your child. Thank you for saving me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give God our praise today. Thank you, God.